Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Marcelo, the founder and CEO of Uru IT, and we discuss ways to beat attrition and retain top talent, benefits of working with a nearshore team, and creating better relationships by treating your vendors like key partners. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello, Marcelo. Hey, hey, Joel. How are you doing today? Amazing. How are you, my friend? Ah, good, good. Enjoying the almost the spring here, so it's getting better. <laughs> what about you? Well, I was in another. I was in Colorado last week, so I got to escape the heat of Florida. Oh. <laughs> but uh, now we're back, and it's just starting to break into like the fall time. So yeah. I am planning, actually, I am taking a week, one week vacations uh, next, in two weeks, I'm going to Miami with my family. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a short trip, but I also need to do some business there, but uh, I plan to enjoy the beach, the beach for sure. See, I like that. That's what I do. I mix my work with my vacation. So I go somewhere where I have business to do, but I also have a couple of days. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can do that, it's uh, much better than traveling alone and spending a week. Uh, I, I don't typically do that, but in this occasion, I could manage to, to do that. So. so where are you right now? Right now, I am in uh, we're headquartered in Montevideo in Uruguay. So, uh, uh, yes, I am working from, from, from the office today. Is that where you started the company? Yes, we, well, uh, yeah, we, uh, we started in Uruguay for sure in Montevideo. Uh, we did start in my, I have a business partner that we started together, a friend. We started actually at his uh, uh, barbecue. Uh, so with a few desks, yeah, typical, you know, garage story. And then we moved to other uh, offices as, as we grew and we ended up in this big house. We have room for about 80 people. Uh, just in the in the financial district here in Montevideo, so yes, this is where the headquarter is, and we also have a, a couple of offices. Actually, one in uh, two in Colombia, and we are also incorporated in 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 the states. But yes. Now, when you started, did you take a bunch of venture capital, or did you just grow off of cash flow? Well, no, it was uh, bootstrapped. So. I think actually that was uh, of the things that I regret a bit because obviously. Uh, we did everything with our savings and at the very beginning it, it is really really complex because we started with my uh, with projects uh, at the very beginning we had good projects coming from Microsoft for instance was our, one of our first clients but those were like kind of fixed price and so we had to you know meet some deadlines to get uh, the invoice approved uh, but at the same time we had to pay our uh, talent our our developers and so cash flow at the very beginning was kind of uh, tricky uh, and as i say we were using our savings credit cards whatever we had um, <laughs> uh, near near us but um, it was a different timing right now it's, it's easier to get funding to get investors ancient investors in particular in uruguay that that has been changing a lot in the past few years but 12 years ago, it was kind of uh, not that easy. Anyway, we did, we did get like, you know, people or investors 
looking to maybe uh, put some money in, but you know, not the smart money that we were hoping to get, like more like you know, financial investors. And I think that is what I regret, regret right now is not taking one of those offers because maybe we could have uh, done something different. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are growing like crazy and you're doing amazing things right now. Oh yes, yeah. right now it's a totally, totally different story for sure. I am talking about the first year in yeah. particular, <laughs> the couple initial two years, you know, that, yeah, it was uh, difficult and uh, family was always around to help, you know, and uh, paying some checks uh, as well, but we did everything, uh, yeah, from our own pocket. Uh, right now, yes, we continue growing, but. Of all the interviews I've done, I've never had one person say it was easy the first couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I bet yeah. so. No, it was, uh, it, it, it is really fun and you learn a lot. And yes. Uh, and I think one, one thing that we did that was kind of the right decision is that I, uh, from the very beginning, I, I had some billable hours, you know, some time that I was kind of a PM in some of our projects, but eventually, eventually I, I ended up doing sales and, and more like management. Uh, and my business partner took on the on the technical uh, side of, of the business. And I think that was a smart decision because we had leads coming and pipeline and, and so on. Um, I think that was w one of the things that helped us a lot to continue growing. Uh, if you don't do that, you know, it's like a very, um, it's, it's a risk. And I think that we did it uh, the right way. So you stepped up out of necessity. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, we I decided to focus more on sales, marketing, and so on. I was pretty good with uh, digital marketing at that time and CEO and those those type of things. And, and I started to travel a lot and visit, you know, attending uh, trade shows in the U.S. and so on. And just when we were like less than one year old, and you know, it was kind of a an investment to do that. And we are in Uruguay, in South America, and paying for tickets in a trade show when we are starting was kind of a risky move, but I think at the end it, it did help to us to, to gain some visibility in the market, start getting some leads that are so critical when you are, you know, uh, growing and, and starving for, for uh, new projects. So Latin America is growing like really fast. I could tell because they're one of our top countries. Like when we look at our listener stats and specifically, I, I don't say it correctly. I say Uruguay, but you say it better. <laughs> Uruguay, it's okay, Uruguay. yeah. Yeah, but it's growing a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think that is actually one of the things that I really like. Uh, right now, the, the, the timing for Latin America is, is great. And not only for companies like, like us, you know, uh, software companies uh, building products, but eventually for the entire uh, entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem here, it's growing. We have lots of investment coming from um, uh, banks uh, all over the, the, the world. Like SoftBank, uh, for instance, announced a uh, $2 billion investment just in startups in Latin America. So uh, that combined with the uh, education and the government's pushing a lot for IT because they realize that um, there is a huge um, advantage if they can uh, do more technology instead of just exporting goods. So um, every government in the different countries are kind of promoting our industries. Um, and I think that is great and it's a great timing. And at the same time, I see more U.S. businesses uh, looking at Latin America to do outsourcing, for instance, which is our business. And, and, you know, coming from bad experiences 
in Asia, in India, uh, in East Europe, and, and the time zone and the culture and everything makes a lot of sense for them. So I think it's a real, a good timing for, for, for Latin America to continue growing. So that's what we're calling nearshore, right? Versus offshore? Yeah, exactly. So nearshore is kind of, you know, outsourcing to, the, to a nearby um, location, in particular in terms of the time zone. So uh, that is what's more of the, this is how we created the business. Actually, 12 years ago, we realized that we had great talent in Latin America. And at the same time, we saw that uh, the U.S. Uh, companies were, you know, starting to face talent uh, issues, shortage. And uh, so, yes, uh, offer, blending that with, uh, you know, uh, competitive costs and, and good rates and uh, the same quality. Actually, we have uh, clients that say, okay, you guys have the same quality as other agencies that we hire locally, um, kind of started to grow the near shore industry. And there were some um, big players uh, in, investing on that. Like I, I used to work for TCS, you know, mm -hmm. the Indian service provider. They um, established their branch in Uruguay was the first near shore brand, uh, branch they had uh, 20 years ago or 20, 25 years ago. We were part of the, of the, core team and the initial team that uh, was setting up the operations here with my business partner. And then it grew uh, to, I don't know, 2,000 people right now here and many branches across uh, other countries in Latin America. I think this is what, how nearshoring started, you know, to, to gain attention within the, the U.S. Uh, CTOs. And, and right now it's, it's booming, yeah, because uh, when you are building products, it's a lot of agile involved. You need a strong communication channels, real-time communication, uh, good culture also, you know, uh, people that is able to challenge you on the daily uh, decisions you, you, you are making. And uh, I think those are kind of the benefits that we have in terms of the working from Latin America and, and working for, for U.S. Um, uh, companies. One of the things I liked when I read your story, the first thing I liked is how you started up out of like a barbecue shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing I liked is how your initial thoughts when creating the business were, let's hire some really talented, like top tier people. That way yeah. we can hit our deadlines and grow the business and have a higher level of quality. And for me, I'm one of those engineers, right? And so yeah. you always want to surround yourself with those types of people. So I thought it was really smart rather than you saying, let's get a bunch of average people so we could take as much work as possible and all of this. You said, let's get a bunch yeah. of really top people together to, to execute. Yeah, I mean, I was in the same uh, boat. I mean, I used to be a developer. I have a computer science degree. So, uh, and I had to train tons of uh, junior people and entry-level folks that were you know, getting into the big projects and not delivering the quality that we thought that uh, it was needed for those critical applications. And this is why when we started, you know, we had, yeah, uh, that uh, choice. Uh, either we grow and we, you know, uh, get uh, junior people in, involved and we grow a lot and, and we explode or we try to be more like a boutique that is able to hire uh, the best of, of the talent in, in, in Latin America because right now we have people coming from, I think, 10 countries, you know, and there is talented people all over the countries. Uh, it's, um, and if you are able to identify, but also attract that type of talent, at the end, I think the results are, are much better. So this is how we decided to grow organically, and, uh, uh, but uh, focused more in the, 
quality of the talent, yes, for sure. And I think that is in our DNA. So I always like to get expert advice, right? Because you mm-hmm. spend all day in this near shore world. And yeah. you know, I don't spend a lot of time there. And I think <laughs> most of our audience doesn't spend a lot of time there. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to know, like, what makes a successful nearshore partnership? Good question. Good question. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, we we built the business based on the CTO issues and, and struggles for sure. And we have been speaking with uh, most of our uh, clients. We have done projects for I think more than 100 CTOs and uh, in, in the in the states. And we have tons of good relationships. Uh, uh, out of, of those uh, projects. I think, uh, you know, the, the main thing is uh, how you build trust, how you can, you know, trust your uh, development partner. And as I say, there are so many bad experiences in the past with offshoring, for instance. Um, we have many clients truly coming from bad, you know, experiences. And uh, so we work a lot with them in how they can build a trust with the development team. At the very beginning, obviously, you need to uh, invest a lot in the due diligence uh, process and make sure you really understand uh, the culture behind the company that you are uh, engaging with, um, you know, the type of uh, talent they have, how they recruit, uh, how they manage uh, the project, um, how, they, how agile they are, and so on. Obviously, you, you look at the credentials and, you know, the, the type of clients they have, the industries they serve, and so on. But in my uh, experience, I think that building that relationship and investing in the relationship is kind of what drives better results. And uh, so we have clients that we, um, we, we do plan with them, you know, the onboarding processes, how to get the alignment with the Nearshore team to make sure that they, the, the Nearshore team feels uh, a, a part of the in-house team, you know, when we do co-development with our uh, uh, clients as well. Uh, so we do, uh, we care a lot about that relationship. And at the very beginning, it is important also to meet face to face, you know, and, um, and so we have clients visiting us and they have a great week in Colombia or in Uruguay, uh, hanging out with the teams, uh, sharing the vision of the business, not just, you know, the coding stories and the stories of the scope of the project, but where the business is going, you know, um, how they will grow in the next uh, few years, how they will uh, what they will need to do that. And if you do that and you, you create that common vision, I think at the end it, it really pays out. And from there, you know, it's about working as a partner. And, and, and so, for instance, we have uh, the two offices we have. We have one in Medellin. We are opening a new branch uh, in, in the capital of Colombia. Um, those were created in true collaboration with our existing clients. So, you know, we invited them to uh, open the, the, the branches for, for a couple of them. Uh, we even visited the, the offices before we were renting the space and so on. And they feel, you know, that like this, like part of, of also your uh, growth and, and your uh, strategy. And I think that's what has been um, great for us. I mean, and this is why people, you know, recommend us and word of, word of mouth is our main um, source of, of new projects and businesses and uh, we do spend a lot of on that and uh, obviously um, uh, depending on the maturity on the on the client side and the you know the roles and the stakeholders they have uh, we for in some cases we also had them to 
navigate all the uh, remote work challenges, for instance, you know, uh, working with a remote team, how to use the right tools, uh, how to set up the ceremonies, um, and so on. Some of them are less agile, so we do also some coaching in terms of the agile process. So it's, uh, but at the end, it's tackling the trust and the communication. I think that is, um, uh, if you can do that, then the technical aspects you can basically overcome. But um, I, I would say that's kind of the key things to consider when doing some near shot. Yeah, because you're relying on that team to produce. So you have to be in line with. Yeah. yeah, obviously. I mean, it's a part of your strategy, I guess. And uh, yeah, and, and so how you can align also your uh, expectations with the career plans, for instance, of your developers. Again, we uh, ask them to treat our, our talent as part of the, the, their teams. And uh, we align on, on that and we create a path for the developers to continue growing, exploring new technologies, which is also important to... Um, I mean, you, you also need to consider how you avoid attrition. You know, it's uh, one of the critical things also. I mean, to uh, stay with your team. We have dedicated teams running for years for our projects. And uh, it is important that you can, uh, you know, provide them challenges and ways to um, grow uh, if you want to retain the people. Uh, you know, and, and attrition is everywhere and competition for talent is everywhere, including Latin America. That's really interesting. So I never thought about this before. So you you're the nearshore company and you have a dedicated team that's working with a specific client, like let's say here, but there's some responsibility on both sides of both the client and you housing them physically in their location to retain them. So like, how do you do that? Well, it's a lot about, as I say, you know, uh, alignment. Uh, so uh, you need to be open to, uh, yeah, align with us and with our teams in what are the best uh, growing options and uh, career plans and technologies, uh, technology challenges and so on. Um, and uh, if you can do that, I mean, you can uh, rest assured that the people will stay and will continue uh, engage with your, uh, with your team and your project. Uh, and, uh, but it's a challenge. I mean, it's a, uh, you need to, the, 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 for instance, we work a lot with CTOs, as I said, and the CTO uh, has to change the mind and say, okay, this is a partner, you know, and this is my strategic partner. It's not just a vendor that will uh, throw uh, bodies to coal with me. Uh, and if you can do that uh, little change in the, in the way you approach the relationship, um, we have seen great results. And we have CTOs traveling, as I say, down here, meeting a week with the team, uh, going out and, and, and hanging out and sharing the visions they have. And um, if you can spare that time or, 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 or send one of your managers or your tech leads, uh, I think that uh, uh, those type of little things uh, actually help to, to, to navigate this. And we have many articles in our, our blog, by the way, in how you can uh, you know, um, uh, get the best relationship going with your uh, offshore or nearshore teams. I invite uh, the, the people to go and visit UIT.com or we can share some articles with you. But um, it's, uh, I think what's actually at the end is, is important if you want to a successful partnership, for sure. Yeah, I really did. When we were first talking about coming on this show and discussing articles and resources, I really did like the, the amount of content that you guys have because whether you know, you're my nearshore company or not, 
right? You can go read that content and understand how to have a better relationship with, with your nearshore provider or your outsource. Yes, I think we, we invest a lot on that, you know, and understand the different also engagement models you can have with your partner. I mean, you can have a, uh, we like to have dedicated teams, you know, focused on the, on the, on the project, as I say, but eventually you can rely on your partner to take care of the entire project, uh, including, you know, doing the UX UI. We have, we are turning a lot right now uh, into UX UI work, discovery phases, we're envisioning new products. And um, so the different profiles get involved in a project or eventually you can just, you know, uh, do some, what we call the staff augmentation and get two, five, six, ten 10 engineers that will plug in into your existing teams. And if you have the processes in place, I think that is a great way uh, to give it a try uh, because it's you, they, you know, the, the developers or the engineers will follow your processes. You will be leading them. Uh, you will uh, uh, have your team and, and tech leads um, getting involved and looking at the work that is being produced. So I, I recommend to start, if you are new to this nearshoring, you know, start uh, with that engagement might be easier. Uh, if you can, and you will realize, you know, the, 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 the talent and the capabilities that are here in, in South America. But we do like to produce content to educate because as I say, um, if we are here to uh, get more uh, people interested in Latin America and, and realizing uh, the, the advantage that you could, you could have as a business if you can engage with companies here like us. And uh, so we do invest a lot on, on that type of content. I think there's a lot of benefit to being close in the time zone. I did have a question though. What, like how much time does it take between like when someone first contacts you and they actually have a staff member working like augmented? Yeah, sure. Well, we have a bench strategy for sure. Uh, it is different, difficult right now to have um, talent in bench uh, across the different technologies. We prefer to focus on just a few technologies on a given point of time rather than being a generalist. But uh, so if, if uh, depending on the time of the year, uh, we could have like two weeks to one month to set up a team uh, in terms of the, of the lead time. Uh, and then depending on the ramp up, uh, we, we scale on a monthly basis. But um, it is, uh, as I say, it's more like a boutique approach. So we prefer to start a small with a minimum team of three, four engineers and scale from there, create that core team that will understand uh, the client and the business and, and the culture. Uh, and we scale from there. So it's not like super fast to hire here. Um, our process takes uh, uh, lots of stages, coding challenges, interviews, and so on. So, but um, we prefer to do, to do that. So it's, uh, in our case, CTOs looking for 50, 100 people uh, are not the, the ideal uh, clients for sure. Uh, but people who want you know, truly specialized and, and senior people that will work as an extension of their teams, I think that is kind of our sweet, sweet spot. I like it. And I like that you're very aware of what your value and your niche is too. Now, what type of technologies are you guys focused most on today? Like what's wow. really popular right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, a lot of JavaScript. Uh, I mean, it's everywhere, as you know. Uh, we actually were a former Microsoft shop at the very beginning, 12 years ago. Uh, and we had to, you know, expand to other technologies in the in the, in the path to, to where we are today. Right now, we are doing a lot of JavaScript, um, obviously uh, looking at the popular frameworks 
um, like React, um, which is growing, uh, uh, you know, as crazy. Uh, there are some newer frameworks coming, but we are trying to decide which one we will be focusing focusing for next year. Um, in terms of the, we also see a lot of uh, machine learning, you know, coming to our. Uh, in terms of the uh, clients interested in, in growing in in, in that. Uh, in that space, so we are building our uh, machine learning capabilities and data scientists, which is kind of a different profile, um, uh, but uh, that is growing too. So um, we see some requirements uh, for uh, functional programming as well. So looking at some of, of those frameworks, uh, Python is still there. So we we have a team in in Colombia, um, and we see more Python also in the machine learning space. Uh, so I think those are kind of what we are focusing right now. In the mobile space, we really like the cross-platform framework. Uh, so uh, platforms like Xamarin uh, from Microsoft or uh, React Native right now is also uh, gaining a lot of traction across our um, projects. So those are kind of the uh, technologies we are focusing right now. And I, I'm a fan of React Native too. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah From Isis. Yeah. Oh, really? It, wow. mm -hmm. How? How? Did you were you able to publish those, or were more like an internal? Yeah. yeah, you know, I've had this conversation quite a few times. People are saying like, oh, can you take that to maturity? And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, look at the companies that support it. Obviously. I know some of them move away from it eventually in support of two separate native apps, right? Because mm -hmm. Well, they're billion-dollar companies, obviously, <laughs> right? With huge thousands of developers, but for that, like mid-level, getting the app out and working, I, I built this complicated app that was, um, is the the simplest way to explain it was it was for lawyers to do depositions. It did quite a lot of things, and it was on desktop, iPhone, Android, and the iPads. Uh, so it was on you know three different platforms. And we did uh, all the iPhone, Android, iPad stuff in a React Native project. And then we did a React uh, web app project for the other stuff. And we had a common API. And we had you know, lots of users on that, just a ton of traffic on it. And we had, what, th uh, two developers and a designer and a project lead. Wow. And there was no problems at all. I mean, we had to jump down and make like one custom library for React that like didn't tap into the APIs we needed up that were already there. But other than that, like it was really easy to do. Wow. And uh, issues. Yeah. yeah, you were productive enough. <laughs> it, saved, yeah, it saved so much time. The biggest amount of time it saved was we only had to communicate like with one engineer that, well, we had two engineers on the product, but we just have that one meeting and they would both be working on the same code base. And so we didn't have to like completely explain everything over and over in two different styles. So. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, we are a huge, uh, fun, huge fans of the cross-platform framework. Uh, we did try many in the past, as you can guess, but right now I think we are in a good timing for those uh, because you can eventually build uh, application that will look and perform as native. So, and right now, you know, we bring also the, all the UI and UX into the table. So the applications will look amazing and the usability is, is also great. But uh, I think the advantage right now with these uh, frameworks are the, the performance you can get. I remember the old times when, when, when we were using other 
cross-platform uh, frameworks, you know, it was, wow, you, ca you could notice a difference uh, with the native uh, performance for sure. But right now, you, you can't uh, even uh, notice. Yeah, 10 years ago, it wasn't that great, but today it's amazing. Uh, so I want to know what the future of the business looks like for, for Uber IT. Like, are you going for world domination? Like, what's your, <laughs> where are you headed? Well, uh, it's an exciting times for us. As I said, for sure, we are opening a new branch in, in the capital of Colombia. We will probably continue opening um, some, a few more uh, delivery centers in the future. Uh, and I, as I say, it's uh, great timing. So we are excited. Uh, we will continue focused in, in, in the U.S. market for now, for sure. It's huge. We have a good reputation already. We have tons of clients there, and, uh, and the, the demand is growing. So I don't see right now um, other uh, markets for UIT to be focused. Uh, we are obviously looking at how we can add more value to clients. Uh, right now, I think that is the main um, thing that we are uh, focusing right so how we can uh, get other profiles involved in the project you know as I say uh, a lot about product management discovery inceptions and so on so to understand the businesses that uh, behind the, the product that we are building um, machine learning as well is I think it will be it will continue growing uh, as a practice here uh, and eventually we are uh, consolidating as a group of outsourcing companies right now we did our first acquisition um, a couple of months ago, uh, it's more like it's a digital agency uh, headquartered also in Latin America. And um, again, I see uh, a lot of things uh, happening in the near shore and how we can consolidate a group of a group of companies that can have each one a niche and a specific, you know, uh, set of technologies or, or market. And, uh, and I see that growing. And our focus has been a lot in the software as a service industry which as you know is also booming so uh, i think uh, opportunities are great for us uh, and uh, also for other latin american entrepreneurs uh, as i said because uh, there is there are great uh, applications being uh, born in, in latin america we can see uh, now some unicorns uh, coming from different countries so uh, a lot of investment uh, coming to, to to us so i see just a a great future. It's a lot of work and we will be busy, but I, I trust that we will continue growing. So I actually like looked up some of your customers because I was always interested, right? Cause yeah. we were, yeah. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's, I asked Chloe, I said, Hey Chloe, why don't you contact some of the people that like they have quotes on their website from and see what they're, what they're like. Everybody said such great things about you guys. Wow, glad to hear about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so I was really excited because, you know, whenever we have someone on the show and they, you know, we like to promote their their stuff and get you awareness and, you know, help grow the community because we like what people are doing specifically because you focus on high quality people, things like that. But, you know, before we do that, we're always like, you know, let's go check out some of their customers and send them emails and talk to them. And yeah, your people were like huge fans of what you guys do. Yeah, we, I think we have, yeah, we are lucky that we did uh, meet uh, nice people and that they trust us and uh, what we were doing. And right now, as I say, some of those are even, you know, uh, we have close relationships going with them and uh, they, when they move to another company, they, you know, call us and they recommend us and so on. So um, not only about the ratings and reviews that we get everywhere are positive, but 
I think what I like the most about this business is how we uh, can build these relationships and how, you know, can get to know each other and get to understand what uh, are the, yeah, the challenges and the, and the, the passions behind and so on. And I am, I, re I am really proud of both the clients we have and the people we have. And I think it's a great match if you can, you know, um, build that trust within, within those, uh, those uh, sides of the, of the equation. So um, now to hear that they, they, they provided good feedback for sure. <laughs> That's exciting, right? Especially as a, as a founder. Yeah, if you created this, you know, it's a recognition, not only the prizes and awards that you get, but, you know, it's, I think the most important thing is what the clients say. <laughs> so we are really customer focused. And I, I want to take it back to the beginning a little bit here. So we started with, you know, the, the conversation with, you know, how your company got started and that, but I'm curious to know, like, what got you interested in technology at the beginning? Like, what was the first time... Oh. Good question. Well, I am 38 years old, so I probably my first, the first memory I have uh, was like I was uh, working with this logo. Remember the little turtle that was moving around the screen <laughs> and uh, you had to uh, give directions. Uh, I realized then that it was kind of a programming, uh, basic programming uh, language. But um, when I was seven years old or so, I remember I was attending those uh, classes uh, and, and then I got my first computer the ones with the tape and the cassette uh, and uh, the, I think that's kind of the first memory that I that I had so from the very beginning I really liked uh, computers uh, and uh, I was lucky because I, I I was born in a small town here in Uruguay like uh, many southern people so having a computer 30 years ago was kind of uh, not so common and uh, so my parents did uh, give a lot of support in, in, in that uh, career. And since then, I had to move to the capital uh, when I was 18, 18 to uh, go to the university. So at that time, universities were only in the capital. Uh, right now we have universities all, all over the, the country. Uh, and then I went to this uh, IT career, computer science, and I realized at that time that technology was kind of huge and important to make uh, the, the, the people's life better. So at that time, I realized that I wanted to commit to technology. Uh, eventually, I moved to management. Um, and, and, and then after working at, at a few companies, I realized to, to create our own company. Uh, but that was kind of the, uh, yeah career that I had in, in that sense. So from the since I was a kid, I think I, I fell in love with the, with the technology. That's, I love that because I started very young too. And I don't know, I feel like we're similar in that regard. But so for some of the other people that are listening that might be like engineers, software leaders, things like that, uh, that might be interested in working at Uru, uh, how would they learn more about that on your website? Yeah, sure. Our website, uh, we have a careers page as well. Uh, we uh, actually we have, you know, some Americans living in Uruguay and working here at, at Uru. So uh, it's, uh, I invite them, yes, to go through our uh, blogs. Uh, we write a lot about our, our culture, the agile values behind us, and uh, the way we approach software development. If they like what they see, obviously they can apply or send us a note. Uh, and uh, yes, we invite them to 
join us because, uh, as I said, uh, we believe that talent is everywhere and we like to have the best talent available. So we have people relocating from Italy, uh, from uh, United States, uh, from uh, Cuba. So uh, people that relocate and they want to, to enjoy living in, in a safe, safe country and, and enjoying our culture as well. So yeah, everyone is invited to, to take a look. Who, who oversees your blog and your content? Uh, well, we have a small uh, marketing team here. I used to be the one leading that. As I say, I, I am a huge marketing, digital marketing uh, advocate. Uh, and uh, so at the very, very beginning, it was basically me uh, writing content. I was able to, yeah, to that time, you know, 10 years ago, CEO was kind of the big thing. Right now we have a small team, and, and but eventually everyone is contributing content to, to, to us internally. So we have you know developers writing, PMs writing, uh, and uh, because I think it's also part of our DNA to share with the community. So uh, going to conferences, you know, uh, speaking at conferences, sponsoring things, it's kind of uh, also part of the DNA and sharing what we do, how things can be done better. Uh, we have this view around you know how software can be built better in a better way. And we really love to share that with uh, people. Uh, so um, yes, right now they oversee the, the content uh, and, uh, but uh, everyone is contributing in terms of writing. Well, I like it. I think it looks really good. I'm always a big fan of when things look good <laughs> and the interfaces, the design, the blog, the content, reading through it. I'm, I was just impressed. So shout out oh, to your content you. team. They're, they're <laughs> doing you. a great yeah, job. We, we yeah. put a lot of effort into that. And actually the website, the blog is built on, on WordPress, but the, the rest of the website is a custom React application that we developed with the same uh, quality and the same processes that we do with our, the, the, the other project that we do. So it was kind of an internal product with a Scrum team behind it that built the in, in performance usability and UI was kind of the main things that we were uh, focusing. So glad to know that you recognize that. <laughs> it was a, a, a huge investment from us. Well, it's so important, right? Like- It's look, what we do, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I always tell people like walking into a physical building, right? Like if you walk into a financial planner's office, right? It's beautiful, it's nice, it feels good. There's amenities, it's nice. And then if they go to your website, like that's your storefront for online. And so when someone comes to your website, there has to be useful things there. It's got to look good. It's got to function right. And so whenever I notice a company doing it right, I always like give them a shout out for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. For companies like us that are remote, you know, and uh, we need to, from the very beginning, build that trust. So I think that is kind of a key thing, you know, to yeah, showcase what we do. We put a lot of effort into the cases, case studies. Uh, and, and so on, because it's uh, uh, at the very beginning, we want to give this good impression. And then you need to, you know, uh, continue delivering, but eventually uh, we don't have an office uh, space that people can visit. And uh, after the, when they do the due diligence or after we sign a contract, they come down here and visit, but, or we go there with our talent and visit them. But um, it's a first impression, so which, which matters. No, first impressions are absolutely critical to relationships, right? You don't want to, you don't want to mess that up. <laughs> yeah, right? totally so, agree. So as, as we start to wrap up here, 
Uh, is there anything else that you want to get out into the world? Well, no, just uh, invite everyone to um, take a look at Latin America and, uh, you know, get informed into the uh, different countries, different cultures that we have here uh, and uh, the possibilities for uh, the outsourcing industry itself. So uh, I really like to spend time uh, sharing our stories uh, out there and, you know, uh, branding and being an ambassador of uh, Latin America as a, as a software hub. So and technology hub. So I encourage everyone if they have if people have questions or if they want to know more about the different options that we have here, uh, the companies that we are building uh, in Latin America, uh, feel free to send a note, um, and uh, I will be happy to to share with them uh, stories or uh, navigate them through the process of learning how to deal with a new short team. I think that is what what I really like to do. Yeah, and you had some good items in the portfolio too on the website, which I like. Oh yeah, they can yeah. go and check it out for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of content there. All right, so if I find people interested, they start asking me about machine learning or they start asking me about React Native or Nearshore, I'll just say, hey, you gotta go talk to Marcelo. For sure, yeah, we are right? building tons of MVPs. You know, we, we see this trend also that CTOs are starting their own businesses. So we get many founders that are former CTOs and, and uh, they need a team to build the MVP, as you probably did with your um, uh, web mobile apps. And uh, so we are now uh, putting together this uh, package that is kind of an MVP in a short period of time, three, four months, uh, so that you can validate the market fit. And uh, so we are a great partner for CTOs and, and, and CTO and, and technical founders too. And I see that it's, it's going to continue growing. Uh, so building MVPs, uh, software as a service application, or when they need extra hands to meet some deadline. Uh, yeah, we are the perfect partner for, for those. Now, have you called SoftBank yet and said, Hey, I saw you're putting 2 billion. <laughs> uh, no, yet, No, <laughs> I think they are interested in, in, in right now in more like consumer applications, B2C, uh, and, uh, they are investing on those, but eventually we can be the machine building those type of uh products for them what do you think <laughs> i think we should call them up <laughs> yeah i think we and should say ask for a few millions you know no half you ask for half <laughs> <laughs> you say like give me one of the two billion and then they'll say no <laughs> we'll give you 250. we can negotiate yeah yeah, yeah. start well, latin america is small you know we can get easy easy access to those uh to those folks for sure <laughs> well, I'm excited. I think the future is bright. I see just constantly companies growing, needing more technology talent. And so, you know, thank you for existing and saying that like, we're not right for everybody, right? We're not right if you need like a hundred people overnight, but you do have that core, strong, talented senior level team that you can apply to a project, which is very yeah, useful. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we have almost 100 people right now ready to jump into exciting projects. So. That, that is awesome. And you're growing. And I see you're in uh, Los Angeles, Miami, mm -hmm. uh, and then Uruguay, Medellin yeah, is a new one. It's been a great, uh, great journey for us. Awesome. Well, let me know how I can help. If there's any past guests you want me to connect you with, um, as people come up in the future, I'll say, hey, you know, go talk to Marcelo when, yeah. it, when it matches up. And then, yeah, as I say, uh, word of mouth and referrals are our main uh, source of uh, businesses right now. So, that's how you can tell a good business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Well, if you need anything from me at all, we'll help you out as much as we possibly can. And we, thank you so much for, for coming and hanging out with us. And thank you, Joel. I also went through your content and I really liked it. And I, uh, I mean, how you created also this um, value for uh, CTOs. It's a, the, an impressive career that you have built. So congratulations about that. And, uh, and uh, all the content that you produce, I think it's also like great quality and, and, and really, really, really good. So I, I will continue tuned to your uh, podcast and your content for sure. You have a fan here in, in South America too. So next visit uh, to the States, I will give you a call. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words. And then Jake and Chloe will loop back with you when we post the content and the clips. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Take care, Joel. Thank bye you. Bye. Take care. Bye.